A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Are you in fashion? fashion? Did you see what she's wearing for Tom's shoes? I'm Sonia Sly. My heels are killing me. Um, but I was told I have a backstage pass. You will need to get the right pass to get behind me, Pam. Look, I'm I need sorry. to go. Code red, code red, code. We have a situation. I'm taking you inside the fashion industry to discuss trends, the reality behind the glamour, and the highs and lows of a fast-paced industry that never stops. There are plenty of jobs in the fashion industry, and one that I've been curious about is who puts together the fashion features in the pull-out sections of our weekend newspapers. Well, I was fortunate enough to meet up with Auckland-based Annabella Ray. She's a former stylist who's been working as a features editor for the Sunday Star Times over the past two years. Yeah, we're going to go into one of these fancy, chatty booths. How does your everyday work? Oh, I'm going to give all my secrets away. My boss is going to be calling me like, <laughs> I, know, I know what you're up to. Yeah, I know, exactly. I guess I love what I do, so I work quite late, and I often work on the weekend as well, but it... I don't necessarily like turn off at the end of a working day. It's kind of just like, oh, this is fun. I'll keep going. Fashion carries on. Yeah, that, I know it never dies. <laughs> so I, I usually come in at about nine, begin with coffee, and um, I so I kind of start my day with coffee, international fashion catch up, and some poetry because I just feel like it just puts me in a good place for the day. And I have a little check on. Um, I love the blog Who What Where. I think they're really fantastic and um, sort of. I love Harper's Bazaar as well. And we kind of go into the day from that, and it'll depend what I have on. Um, I'm doing quite a few interviews at the moment just because I just decided I wanted to. I was like, I'm going to find out some stories about some really cool people in the fashion industry who are doing have amazing jobs doing some shoots, and, yeah, it's fun. Oh, cool. So you get to direct shoots or, you know, decide what you want. Do you sit in on those? Yeah, I do. Well, actually, um, I used to do um, a bit of art direction and worked as a fashion stylist before I got this role. Maybe that's part of why I'm here. So it probably helped. I don't know. So, yeah, I love being on set. I think it's really fun. And I guess other than writing, um, kind of coming out with a visual concept and bringing that through to fruition is something I really enjoy. And we have um, so many amazing photographers here. We're really, really lucky. This particular shot is by the MAC cosmetics photographer. I think her name is Emily. She just has a really beautiful eye. But I love this particular model as well. Like She's one of my favourites on the catwalk. And I guess I try to be mindful of diversity and things so like that. So she's a black model. When, so when you're publishing the, the Sunday feature, do you feel like you have to be aware of diversity for the magazine? Because how, how big is your readership? Our readership is about... 300,000 plus every Sunday. I think it's definitely a principle that everyone would hope that most people are aware of and keep in mind. But just for me, on my own operating principles, that's something that's really important to me. Obviously, there's a lot of you know gorgeous European models, and we have all different kinds of faces here in New Zealand. But the different faces don't always make it to the front and have it and have their time in the limelight. And so try to mix it up a wee bit where I can. What are the kind of prerequisites that you're looking for? You're thinking about what the latest trends are when you 
pull an image? I guess there's two things. Um, I mean, I think about what the trends are, what's available to buy, but then also I think about what I like. There's the Lauren Hutton quote, um, fashion is what they offer you four times a year and style is what you choose. And so I think being an editor, you've got to kind of just take that on and run with it. You're in the position of having to be a little bit of a tastemaker and to exercise your judgment about what you think is going to be a trend and what you think will actually suit women and not just beautiful young models but all kinds of women Um, and so I try to keep those things in mind. I just wonder like working for a big organisation like Fairfax do you feel like you're still I mean how dynamic is the environment and do you feel like you're fully immersed in fashion like all the time? No, definitely not in the office environment. I mean, we have, um, it's such a large organisation and we've got people here that specialise in everything, you know, from politics to sport. We've got a lot of other uh, categories that are really important and quite strong. I guess for me, being a young woman and having fashion as an interest, it's something that I miss myself in proactively all the time. Yeah, so yes and no. (laughs) Well, you know, how does someone make it to the editor of uh, fashion? Um, I think it's a mix of... Hard work and total luck as well. Because, um, I mean, I studied journalism at AUT. Um, I studied at Auckland University. And I just found their course was a little bit too theoretical, not quite practical enough for me, so I switched it up to AUT. Even after graduating from there for quite a few years, I found it hard to get jobs in the industry just because there's so many amazing graduates and there's not a whole lot of opportunities here in New Zealand because we're quite small. I went and lived in Germany for a while and I came back and the Sunday Star Times called me one day and they're like, oh, hey, we have your CV. I still do to this day. I'm not totally sure how that got it. But they're like, do you want to come in? And now I'm doing this. Because we met at Mm. Fashion Week. Do you always get front row seats for Fashion Week? Well, I think think I'm probably more of a a (laughs) B-row... person to be completely honest it seems like that uh, especially this year more so than last year the A row is really like buyers um, really influential bloggers and there were quite a few um, from overseas visiting which was quite impressive funny because I mean you probably have a bigger readership than they would wouldn't you? Yeah, I probably do. Where's the logic there, do you think? I mean, is it about who's cool or who's not cool enough? Yeah, I think there's definitely a part of that. In a way, um, Fashion Week is the home of all those ideas, you know, about what's in and what's not and who's cool and who isn't and all those kind of um, cliquey and otherwise ideals. They kind of come home to roost there in some ways because it's their their origin, it's their place. But especially, I guess, for um, those bloggers, um, because a lot of the young, like, teenagers and young women are really influenced by them. Um, if they came as just a general admission and then they saw someone they really admired in the front row there, it's a really aspirational moment for them. You know, they want to come back. They want to maybe buy that label. They want they want to be seen there. They want to attend. When you're putting the Sunday um, magazine together, the Style magazine, I guess, are you thinking about what's hot overseas as well? Is that important? I guess it is. Um, I do feature some things like from Netta Porter and Bergdorf Goodman, mostly because I just, I love shoes and I love bags and just, there's a real architecture to a beautiful shoe and some of the international brands do that really, really well. So I do try to keep an eye on that sort of stuff but I think definitely with New Zealand as well, you have to be climate appropriate and obviously like their seasons are back to front with ours. And Which is annoying, it, isn't it? Like you're just finally getting over winter and you've already bought your winter coat and then an international designer you know you see something and you're like oh well you know you just have to weigh up whether or not you want it now for next winter or 
will it be out of fashion? I don't know. That's true, but it can also be quite good if you can pick it carefully. So you think it's a trend that's going to last. You could pick it up on somewhere like the Outnet, like really, really good price, and then just hold on to it. <laughs> so that's your secret, is that, it? That would be my tip. Yeah, wait till Nita Porter is having a sale and just try not to pick anything that's at the peak of a trend, if that makes sense, because that's where fashion victimization yeah. happens. I love to shop vintage because um, you can have the chance to get something completely different. What are your picks for uh, spring summer? No, I have to say, um, coming out of Fashion Week, I really loved the Eugenie collection. Um, it had like a real kind of Francoise Hardy, Bridget Bardo kind of beautiful 60s and 70s shapes and very feminine but like very easy to wear as well. And it had a great palette of colours like terracotta and deep red and pale blue Um, and they had again a very diverse mix of models but that also shows that it works across a range of skin tones. I don't know if it's just I'm getting older but (laughs) I think I'm dressing more and more classically and I'm just going to pair it right right back for this spring although I mean overseas there's they're calling it like a kind of like a Cuban senorita influence and I guess we saw that a little bit at fashion week like a lot of off-the-shoulder dresses, quite wide um, ruffles and, like, like, easy shapes, like, strong, simple colours. And those shapes came through last summer as well. Mm. I actually thought they might disappear because... Yeah, it's a funny one, really. Like, um, I love 70s fashion. I love some of the more <laughs> obscure shapes of 70s fashion, even stuff that we might look at and go, oh, my God, that's that's ABBA, you know. But at least it's really playful, it's really fun, um, and that whole kind of disco genre of clothing just has it's just so fun like you can't have a bad day wearing something like that so I guess I'm really pleased when I see things like that like there, there was a lot of um, gold glitter knit on the catwalk this year probably like four different designers like Halewood Eugenie even Stolen Girlfriends Club had one it was I'm, I'm partial to a little bit of gold knit myself but I thought that was just me and my taste so um, it's it's interesting they threw a few wild cards in there that I wasn't expecting what's your everyday sort of uniform because you you know Fairfax is people quite conservative yeah um, a lot of people are quite relaxed just because of the nature of their jobs they might be you know sitting for a long time or our production department it's really crazy for them so it's quite casual jeans and a t-shirt most of the time I do have a work uniform it is usually kind of wool blend turtleneck sweater dress tights and boots and some description of enormous coat and earrings huge ones and that's me it's very fashion editor, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. I like to think it's sort of like um, got like a beatnik poetry feel to it as well, so I can be <laughs> true to, to the both sides of my nature. I love those dresses, and I've got them in like a million different colours. <laughs> I think I need to raid your wardrobe. My wardrobe is actually legendary among my friendship group. It takes up part of my lounge as well. <laughs> it's enormous. Because <laughs> when I was a stylist, I used to keep buying things. I'd be like, oh, that's amazing for a shoot. I'm going to use those shoes. Or Because I used to do film and television as well. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep that, you know, for a music video. And then it's just kind of grown and grown and grown. <laughs> So you're going to hold on to those things for dear life and you wear everything? I'm starting a, uh, a vintage clothing website just in my, own, in my own time called The Family Bijou. I need to find loving homes for these beautiful things because um, a lot of it I found overseas and in really kooky random shops around New Zealand and they've all got little stories with them. So yeah, I'm going to try rehoming some of those things. That was Annabella Ray, features editor for the Sunday Star Times at Fairfax Media. You've been listening to My Heels Are Killing Me. I'm Sonia Sly. 
To find out more or to listen again, head to our podcast page on the rnz.co.nz website. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.